Did you know a black man invented ice cream? No, no, no. No. How in the hell a black man going to invent ice cream in hot-ass Africa? Tell me that. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do the movie CB4. Dick's all I said, we're getting This no one chiller. It's not Michael Jackson. And this is not Dillow. It's one death from All my life, I wanted to be a rapper. But nothing seemed to work. Then I got a new idea. Let's turn ourselves into gangster rappers. Are you aware that your band might be arrested for indecency tonight? Cell Block 4 is not afraid to go to jail. Cell Block 4 is from jail. It would only be like sending them home. And under no circumstances are you to perform Sweat at My God, I just love that I don't give a damn hip-hop attitude. It's so real. You brothers have created something so nasty. You had the concert, you died. Now, CB4 is one of the hottest hip-hop groups to come on the scene in a very, very long time. Straight out of low cash, a crazy young brother named Gusto. I'm MC Gusto, but in prison I'm known as 97-KY. CB4 is misogynistic, and I don't think they like women. Elemental P-14. This is not just a movie about rap music. It's about much, much more. And the world's most notorious self Fellas, what are you doing? We're filming. Hey, Gusto, quit her. That's mine. Dash 7-14 to the third power. I thought I was hardcore, man. You ain't tough. There are some real kids out there who are gonna kick your narrow Any person who defile America's pastime by wearing a baseball cap backwards, well, that's an evil that speaks for itself. Tonight, CB4 is going to pay. Straight out of low cap. The crazy mother named Dead Mike. It's my first drive-by. CB4. Featuring new music from Dead Mike. Uh, I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. I'm bigger black, blacker than black, black, I'm blacker than black, yo, because I'm black and I'm black. And I can dance and wacky in my deep. pants and in your face. Yeah, my rap is a disgrace, but I can dance. CB4, starring Chris Rock, Alan Payne, Bill Hartman, and Chris Elliott. She replaced me as a role model in my son's eyes. Better me than Daryl Gates. CBB for four. What you waiting for, pump? Invitation? Yeah. podcast my name is cole jackson and i am joined by a nice crew of people today <sighs> we are going to talk about the classic cb4 i have my co-host as usual mr rain coleman what's up what's up man happy to be back man you know what i'm saying i'm out here doing my thug this man y'all can't say i got my jerk curl man what's up <laughs> what's up and we also have joined with us today, Mr. 12 Kyle from the 12 Kyle Podcast. What up, what up, what up, what up, man? Thanks for having me on here. Unfortunately, I don't have a Jerry Curl, but uh, glad, <laughs> glad to be here nonetheless. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, for all of those who don't know, we watch this as a podcast about black cinema. Or cinema in general, man. Movies that we love, movies that we 
we continue to watch movies that we go back to watch on a regular basis. Um, so this week I decided to uh, pick CB4 because it is a very hilarious movie that looks at hip-hop culture. Um, CB4 came out March the 12th, 1993. Before we even get started, let me let me, let me me say this real quick, and I found this out while I was doing my research. Deezer D, uh, a.k.a. Stabmaster Arson, died this year in January. Oh. Dang. Um, so, rest in peace to um, Deezer D, man. Um... 12 Cow, is this mm-hmm. an essential hip-hop movie? I think so. It, it, what it does is it gives you a peek into what uh, 1993 or the early 90s, if you will, what it looked like. Uh, and it just, you know, Chris Rock and his brain and how he spoofed it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you could see certain scenes, and, and I'm sure we'll touch on it in the movie that reminded you of events that happened in hip-hop history. But um, it, it also really was a spark of Chris Rock's genius. And, you know, far too often people look at CB4 as we, we know it's a spoof. But even going back and looking, because I'm going to be honest, I had not seen CB4 probably in about five or six years. It's mm. been a minute since I'd seen it. So mm. actually sitting down and pop some popcorn was actually watching it. And I mean, I, I forgot about certain scenes that were just funny to me. And mm. um little references here and there but it, it is essential watching for somebody who you know if you really enjoy comedy or if you just enjoy you know the 90s and just want to kind of take a peek at it uh this this is a must-see movie man it, it, it's it's not going to win any academy awards <laughs> but uh <laughs> but it's it's a great movie man it's it's one of those hood flicks man that you if back in the day you had the tape you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, right. Yeah, that that might date. I might date myself on that, but you know, <laughs> if you had the tape, you knew. <laughs> so it's crazy because I I brought this movie up with um with Carefree Black Nerd with Rain, and Rain was like, "I've never seen this movie before." Rain, mm-hmm. your initial thoughts of watching this movie for the first time? Man, fuck this movie, man! <laughs> this shit was crazy as hell. <laughs> this movie, bro, I. The first line, like, first of all, is wild. But the first line that really, like, told me, nigga, this is not nothing you thought this was. This motherfucker says CB4 sell more records than Elvis Presley and Coretta Scott King combined. <laughs> I was like, bro, where I'm thinking this is just a fuck like, a comedy. This is, I was, I was done. I was done. So, all in all, initial thoughts, I enjoyed it. There was a lot of shock in it. Um, I loved it for... Nothing. Well, I loved it. Period. But that nostalgia factor really sold me um, because it's '90s and it's '90s that I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to relive a part of the '90s through something brand new to me. But as we'll find out later, there are pieces that I've been I've consumed see before and didn't know it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I I liked it. I liked it. This movie for me. Um... I'm a I am a kid still. I'm just getting into hip hop in the West Coast. And the thing that got me about this movie, first of all, didn't go to the couldn't go to the theater to see it, of course. I wasn't old enough. But my my we, you know, anybody who's listened to the podcast know that, you know, I am a child of um bootlegs. 
So <laughs> when this came out on the bootleg scene, mm-hmm. my cousin brings it to my aunt house and we watch it. And I'm thinking we're about to watch something about NWA because, of course, the trailer <laughs> had Cube in it and Ice-T in it. So, you know, those are West Coast legends. You feel me? So I'm sitting yeah. up here like, oh, my God, like we're about to watch like the documentary about NWA. And I get this movie and it basically kind of exposes a lot about hip hop that I never really knew, but I, it, it was one of those things that happened. You know how certain events happen to you to make you want to dig deeper into things that you like. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, like, is this real? Like, <laughs> are these dudes really <laughs> fake? You know what I'm saying? Like it yo. made me want to start getting into reading the, 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 um, the hip hop magazines at the time. And, just different things, man. It, the movie, I thought the movie was real at one point in time. And then when I got older and seen it, I was like, oh, this is fake. <laughs> like, okay. Right. Oh, um, this, so Chris Rock, it's funny. This movie was written by Chris Rock, um, Robert Locas, and Nelson George. Now, for a lot of people who don't know, Nelson George is a hip-hop historian. Yes. Mm. And he knows probably more about hip hop than any one of us sitting on this podcast today. Mm-hmm. And he helped wrote he helped wrote this write this movie. Didn't mm-hmm. know he wrote he wrote um, strictly business for, with yeah. Halle Berry. I didn't well, know that. Well, I mean, she wow. was in this movie, so yep. yep. You know, probably called in the favor, like sitting <laughs> here and sit in this chair, say right. a couple words. Yeah. How how accurate was? Uh, CB4, as far as the group CB4, with with uh, MC Gusto, Dead Mike, and Stab Master Arson. <laughs> how how close was it to to uh, early nineties hip hop that you could get? Twelve cow, tell me about it. Um, it was, but it wasn't. And the reason why I say that is because the best way I can describe it, like for those of us who, or those listening or watching who weren't around you have to try to conceptualize the world with no internet, right? Mm, mm-hmm. So for someone like me, see, before it came out, I was in college, right? Mm. So I'm a, little, I'm a little older than you guys, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> this is just a little bit. But, um, but yeah, so it's like, so there was nothing to, to verify something. So like you said, if you heard something or you saw something, you just assumed that it was real. You know what I'm saying? So if you if you saw this movie in 1993 with no context, you might think that it was real. So the group, obviously, they were fake, and, and it was a spoof on how you could become a member in gangster rap, but at the same time, there was nothing to verify it. So if you came out of Birmingham or if you came out of Atlanta or if you came out of Jacksonville or whatever mm. like that, and you said, I'm such and such, I'm MC Soft, soft mm. Shoes, you know, <laughs> Not MC Soft Shoes. (laughs) MC Soft Shoes and MC Wingtips. If you if if you if if you had a group and that was you know those are your names, there was nobody to verify anything. So as long as nobody from your hood or whatever said, "Nah, these dudes ain't real," Mm -hmm. then you pretty much had to just go with it, and people could just take your story, and you could take your story, and literally run with it. Mm. Um. I remember, obviously, you know, there's a lot of references, you know, to uh, an influence by N.W.A., which was one of my favorite rap groups at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was a kid growing up in South Carolina. I didn't know anything about L.A. I didn't know anything about the West Coast or anything like that. 
And so I'm doing that. And yeah, I went, I was in college when this, when this movie came out. And so the biggest thing that I want people to understand is that the, um, when you think about it, it's 1993, so there's no internet. So you really have no way of vetting the people who are trying to get into music or whatever like that. So CB4 is unrealistic, but also realistic at the same time because, you know, they were able to become gangster rappers. And unless there's people in your life that don't know you, I mean, that really know you and say, hey, these people, these dudes ain't legit. They're not, you know, they're fake or whatever like that. Mm -hmm. If the people in your neighborhood say you cool and you, you just keep it moving, then the rest of the world would just pick up. So they became worldwide stars without anybody really checking them. Of course, that couldn't happen today because, you know, the minute that you get 10 followers on Twitter, there's going to be somebody saying, oh, he ain't real or whatever the case may be. So mm -hmm. to answer your question, Cole, it was realistic but unrealistic at the same time, but still very, very funny. Mm. What about you, um, Rain? Like, you, mm -hmm. you, you like the 90s. Of course, man. That's my shit. Is this a piece of '90s nostalgia that that tickles your fancy, or what? Actually, yeah, because I was watching this and I was like, man, this feels like. Which I know this isn't. Yeah, I don't think it's '90s, but um, what is that damn movie? Don't be a menace to South Central. I drink your juice <laughs> in the hood. But then there were also elements that were like the house reminded me of like Fresh Prince of Bel Air. The um dj uh stab stab a nigga wasn't that <laughs> stab master all gave stab me like master arson stab master stab a stab no yeah, <laughs> so yeah. like i was getting that regina king from um poetic justice so like a lot of it hit a lot of points for me and i really enjoyed this just for the aesthetic alone um be it fictional real mixed between the two it like i said before it gave me 90s a new piece of the 90s, a corner of the 90s that I had never um, fully consumed before. Mm. And that, and then when I saw the parts that I was aware of, it was like, oh shit, like, this is gold. How have you gone this long without being aware of this movie? So, no, it, it hit all the spots for me. It 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 did what it needed to do, man. You know what's funny? The general, the general consens consensus of, when I ask people, have they ever seen this movie before? I get a lot of no's. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is a great, hilarious but, parody movie. But see, this, like, and then also, who are you asking? Because yes. this, I was in elementary school when this movie came out. And it's one of, <coughs> excuse me, it's not a cult classic, like, let's say, a school days or a boys in the hood. Something right, that right. you know on average. So, because, like, a lot of people probably went to see this in movies. Yeah. Mm. But then, who were they? Like, uh, Kyle was in college, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And then there are like our older cousins and aunts and uncles who at that time, I don't think consume media like we do now. Like mm. I watch a Netflix series and be like, oh, I got to talk about this on my podcast. But I, it's like the kids who are, well, us, who went without internet for so long, then we got the internet new, and then now we're on Twitter in our late 20s, early 30s. Mm. I think this movie fell into that like, crossing over space much like the beginning of the internet so i could see how a 93 movie that was a spoof like this wouldn't be well known like you know a john singleton film or something you know what i'm saying like right. i could see how that how but that's just me hmm. interesting and, and this, to, to your point rain this this movie fell like around that time where you had 
Boys in the Hood and mm-hmm. um, Minister Society. Yeah. You know, so the hood movies were, you know, they were they were class classic and staples, you know, of the early to mid nineties. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when people start talking about this kind of like like you said, it just really depends on who you're talking to. If you're talking to a young younger generation, you know, they're not gonna find this if they don't if they don't have this featured on someplace like Netflix or Hulu or something like mm-hmm. that, they're probably not gonna go to it. All it would take is for it to be on Netflix for a couple of weeks and oh, then yeah. people talking about it on Twitter. And <laughs> yes. then you'll have a whole bunch of people running to it because it's on their timeline. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just depends on where you caught people. Like I said, I saw it in the movie theater. I know a lot of people like you, Cole, who saw it on bootleg. You know, <laughs> So it, it was. it just depends on where you were at that particular time and what you were doing. Um, and we weren't really necessarily flocking to the movies like we do now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just depends on where you were. And like I said, who you're, who you're actually asking. Well, mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question, Toy Cloud. What about the hype? Was it hype behind this movie? Like, what made you go to the theater to go see this? Uh, Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris Rock. And the trailer was dope. The mm-hmm. trailer had, you know, I think Ice Cube was in the trailer. Ice-T was in the trailer, mm-hmm. I want to say. Um... I remember seeing Shaq, you know, <laughs> before I saw the actual movie. And this was young Shaq. I'm talking about first getting the league. Of the year Shaq. Yeah. He had just mm. made it to the league. You know what I'm saying? So um uh it was it was that and the names that they put out there as far as like who was gonna be in the movie. So, you know, if you say Halle Berry's gonna be in the movie, now we saw the movie, you know, she was mm-hmm. in it for what, thirty seconds? Yeah. I mean, but, if that. Um, <laughs> yeah, if that. But uh to answer your question. No, there was no hype around this whatsoever. You, mm-hmm. I was, I, I knew Chris Rock. I remember him from SNL. I remember him from Beverly Hills Cop, mm. and I'd seen him perform stand up on on something on. I think I, he was. I don't think he was big enough to have his own HBO special, but I saw him perform somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the thing that led me to this movie <laughs> was that it was at the movie theater in my hometown, and it cost a dollar. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm going to the dollar movie. Right, we had right. A little date, and we were there. Hey. So, you know, you can't you can't be going to the movies for a dollar. No, at all, ever. Because it's whack. You know, you just with the dollar. <laughs> you just waste an hour and a half. That's it. Yeah. So. Uh, all right, let's go into movie movie nerd knowledge. Um, so this was directed by Tamara Davis. Um, she did a lot of music music videos but she did work on some movies so li- these are a list of movies that she was she had she had done um she did see before of course but after that she did billy madison which is a adam mm. sandler movie mm. she did mm-hmm. best men not the best man but best men in 97 she actually directed half bake which is a dave Chappelle wow. classic which okay. i have to make sure we put this okay. on the podcast we no, gotta do we watch yeah. this on this and yeah. And uh, the 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 last most recent movie that she had did was in two thousand two, and you guys will never guess what it is. Okay, wait, wait, wait give me a chance. Blade was out in ninety nine, so I won't say that. Her this her movie was two, is, this this movie's in two thousand two now. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to think. Though you know, our, our interest was different back then, so I don't know. <laughs> Come on, I don't know. We, we give give me drama, maybe a little comedy. We'll, give me a little hint. Probably a little bit of both. Ooh, oh, wow. don't say um scary movie. Mm-mm. Nah, okay. Uh, Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Crossroads, starring Britney Spears. Wow, wow really? <laughs> she directed Crossroads with Britney Spears, and, that and after that, she movie. went into doing TV. Okay, so okay. she was just like, I, I think I'm done. 
<laughs> she had a, a really steady run. Yeah. Like a lot of those yeah. are similar type of movies, though. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, hmm. Okay. Yeah. Come on. I mean, it was really. Lady. It really. It makes a lot of sense. Oh, she's a white woman director, of course. But um, mm-hmm. we did. We just did the. We watched this on um, Life, where we had mm-hmm. another white director direct a very. He directed um life and it was they he he came from doing yo MTV raps and mm-hmm. a lot of music mm-hmm. videos. I think in the nineties it was like a lot of video directors ended up mm-hmm. getting yep. you know, big budgeted movies and but just you, went with it. Let me jump in here real quick. You know, in the early nineties, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels as if the nineties, the white people in the nineties who were involved in black culture were not appropriating and they had a bit more care when handling black and brown, but specifically black people in the projects we put out. Cause it's one thing for us to do life and CB4, mm-hmm. which are phenomenal movies that don't feel um pandered, they're like I'm being pandered right. to. It does it feels authentically black. It feels like who the team associated with these films had care with these films versus something now where it's like oh black people are so cool let me usurp this um talent that they have or this image or this uh, african-american vernacular and co-opt it for my own thing it's like so that doesn't even really surprise me that we've gotten such um good i know it's based off interpretation but it's consistently um produced films i'll say from this white woman and getting something like life from a white man like that makes sense to me let me let me let me add on to something with that too it feels like in the 90s when we had white directors doing these black movies Mm -hmm. i think they respected the culture a whole lot more because it was new it was something that was very interesting it was some things that, that they had never seen before and they wanted to be a part of it instead of trying Mm -hmm. to take it and make money off of it that's just my or, viewpoint. Or make money, but also, but let the people who you're associating with tell their story. Mm. Right. Like, well, look like, you know, little Tina from Idaho coming into New York or California <laughs> and telling Tina. you niggas how to do CB4. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it, it, I don't, we don't know what happened behind the scenes, but, you know, on the outside looking in, it just feels like white folks associated with black folks not to say there weren't no missteps but right. white people associated with black people did a better job at producing content centered around black people than they do now mm. i think i think you both make great points i think one thing we have to keep in mind is that when you look at uh her filmography as you just mentioned cole um even on a movie like this she has someone like nelson george mm-hmm. leading so mm-hmm. wherein the black faces probably couldn't walk into Warner Brothers and say, hey, we want to produce this hip hop spoof or this rap mm-hmm. spoof. Mm-hmm. The white faces could go in there and get that type of stuff done. But when it came time to, you know, Deli- basically mm-hmm. deliver the framework of the movie, they mm-hmm. let the, the storytellers tell their story and they didn't get in the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading uh, doing the research for this movie. I was reading the L.A. Times article from Chris Rock where he was talking about how this type of movie um, kind of helps with the culture. It helps with rap music. It helps a lot of people from different different cultures kind of see it and not feel. Um, what did he say? I, I'm not. This is not verbatim, but not threatened by mm-hmm. our culture. It, it it takes a soft look at hip hop, and it, you can actually laugh at it. Do you guys think that like? Um, 
doing a movie like this in a parody type mode kind of helps ease people, especially in the nineties, ease people into listening to, to music or was it just something that was just there? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, cause if you, if you, if you pair it up with boys in the hood and, <laughs> and uh, minister <laughs> society, you know, there's no comparison. Yeah. You know, it, it, there were people that were literally afraid to go to the movie theaters to see, Minister mm. Society or Boys in the Hood, just off off the trailers and the title, mm. and you know we in the hood and black people we went to go see it, but you know obviously you're gonna do better when you have more people and white people go see your movies, right? And they eventually did, but prior to that, yeah. So, and to his point, to Chris Rock's point, yeah, if you make this kind of movie, it definitely opens the doors and makes people at ease because it's like, oh, okay, it's safe, it's safe. But yeah, it, trust me, it in that era, it was people who were, and then it was, you know, just to kind of give you an idea, like there were rumors about people getting shot in movie theaters and stuff like that, and just all kind of like people. There weren't rumors, brother, because I grew up in the <laughs> Bay Area around about, I was in the Bay Area around about that time, and people well, see, was you know, getting so it was, <laughs> shit it was out like, in the movies. You know, it, it was like, you know, they there was a big fear from Hollywood that if we produce these type of movies, that have violence and stuff in it that people could go to the movie theaters and get violent too, which is, you know, I mean, you don't go to, yeah, you don't go to Rocky movies and start fighting in the, in the theater, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but it, that, to his point, that definitely helped. Mm. It definitely helped because it, it, it bridged the gap. Mm. What about you, Rain? Do you think that helped a little bit? The way I this think movie it helped, set up. but I I hate that I don't I'm not gonna say that was the intended effect like oh we gotta make this right. for white folks but right. I just hate that that is a um well it's a, it's a two edged it's a double edged sword because uh, for everything you said Kyle is great you get more people in the seats more money but then at the same time it's like I don't give a fuck if you're scared of my culture that's perfectly fine stay scared I I got I hate I hate the idea that that's what this movie did because it's like. Nigga, Batman got shot up by a crazy-ass white nigga because of what? You know what I'm saying? But, like, I get it, but I don't I don't create for white consumption. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, But I have that privilege of being in 2021 mm. versus exactly. 1993. Yeah, 93. So I'm not, I'm not mad at it, but it's one of them things where I have to look back on our history, even just through cinema, and it's like... God damn, y'all been uh, black facing and yellow facing it up, but then when it comes time for us to tell our own stories, you scared as shit. Like mm-hmm. you barking at a dog, but you scared when when the gate open. Leave the fucking dog alone. <laughs> um, but so yeah, I agree, Kyle. I think everything you said was right. I just I hate the feeling washes over me like so fucking what? Be scared. <laughs> I wish more of you motherfuckers was scared like you were in the nineties and not scared now where you know you can dial 911 and have your personal assault squad come and take us out but <laughs> i'm gonna leave it there for now so, <laughs> move on more you know move on. even to, to add to your point i think the, the one thing you said is history mm-hmm. if you look back at the cinema history as far as us as black people mm-hmm. you know we had our movies in the 60s definitely dominated in the 70s you know with the richard Pryor movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that bill cosby flicks and all of that stuff like that right then in the early to mid 80s it went away like you didn't see a lot of black movies the black exploitation era mm-hmm. ended in the late 70s early 80s and mm-hmm. then we had a block of time where we didn't have any movies and i and mm-hmm. i and I, when i say we i don't i'm, I'm not talking about movies like princess purple rain which which was you know 
classic autobiographical on his life but i'm just talking about these kind of movies and then we come to the back half of the 80s into the 90s and then you have the influx of gangster rap or whatever the case may be and then you got these people that wanted to tell these stories and then all of a sudden hollywood is seeing okay hey wait a minute there's there's some money in this and so that's when it kind of opens up so to your point you're right it it does sound crazy when you think about it like we shouldn't have to make it like that but that's just to give you a little bit of context because mm-hmm. we did have a time in the 80s where our movies just really went away yeah yeah i think it, crack had a lot to do with that it was, oh, it was, it was a lot of stuff. i think i think the, stuff, the back end the back end of the i mean the 80s when the when the back the back end when the crack era started happening and then we started getting but we started getting more stories in the 90s about the da- I mean, the basically the child of the '80s were a lot of '90s mm-hmm. movies that we got. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it was it was different, man. Because and I I was I was born in '72, mm-hmm. so I turned ten in '82, and I remember distinctly in '82 we got cable TV, mm-hmm. and we got one of the cable stations was was a little thing called MTV, it was music television, mm-hmm. and they actually played videos, and I would sit and watch videos, but there were no videos. Of anybody that looked like me, they didn't want. Come they on. would play. They would play Prince, and they play Michael Jackson. Rick James Rick had a problem. James, with the pool. He Rick was mad James, about that. Rick James cussed everybody out because they wouldn't play his videos, and, and it wasn't like Rick had a. It wasn't like he had wild videos and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, you know, so it was hard for black. I mean, like they wouldn't even put Stevie Wonder on MTV. You mm. know what I'm saying? Really? So the most. Yeah. Even the most. Yeah. Even the most. I mean, you had to really be pop, pop. You know, and then Whitney came through, and then. You know, it started opening up or whatever like that. But just to, you know, kind of piggyback on that question, yeah, it, we were kind of excluded. And then also, to your point, Cole, inflation was extremely high in the '80s. Mm. So yeah, it was crack. But then going to the movies really cost mm. an arm and a leg, and we weren't mm. making money. Unemployment is an all-time high for Black people. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so there, there were a lot of factors, and and you know. If we weren't going to the movies, they damn sure wasn't going to produce any for us. Right. So. Yeah. Right. Let's see that. More movie nerd <laughs> knowledge for you guys. This this CB4 was Chris Rock's first leading role. I kind we mm. kind of went over his movie background. Uh, eighty seven Beverly Hills Cop two. He was a valet. I'm gonna get you sucker in eighty eight. He was the rib joint guy. Let me get one rib. One rib. New Jack City. <laughs> he had a kind of a supporting yeah. role as Pookie in ninety one. Yeah. The Boomer. best crackhead ever. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. To, Halle Berry I, and losing Isaiah. Once she okay. Well, one, if you if you two don't respect Bubbles from The Wire, well, I mean, well, as a crackhead yeah, supreme, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, I'm, I'm, I misspoke. I misspoke. <laughs> but Bubbles ain't died, though. You know, Pookie died. Pookie died, so Bubbles couldn't walk. <laughs> I mean, hey, you're not wrong. <laughs> Is that wrong? And then he was like Halle Berry. Halle Berry was a terrible. Okay, let me just say this: <laughs> I don't like Halle Berry as an actress. She cannot Clearly. act. She just can't act, and people can never give me three but great does she Halle Berry. Act, Cole? Does she really? I mean, let's keep it being. Does she? She, have to act? she got a whole Oscar for a sex scene. Well, you know, that's what they think of black women to begin with. No, don't do that because... Come on. There's one movie that I have always loved Halle Berry in, and and I thought it was her best role. Mm -mm. 
Dorothy Dorothy, Dorothy Dandridge, the Dorothy Dandridge story. Oh yeah, okay, she yeah. killed that role, and I thought mm. she was great in that. But other than that, like you didn't see that movie with her as like a schizophrenic mm, with the multiple Frankie, Frankie, and uh, yeah, I, I think that's it. Yeah, Frankie and something. Okay, never mind, never mind. Oh, okay. You don't want to start on We're going to find a Halle Berry movie, and we're most definitely going to de- deep dive into her career. Um, right, we got man. we got Boomerang in 92, and then we get CB4 in 93. This is his first leading role. Um, when we get to the category about <laughs> ups and downs, I, I'm most definitely going to have to dig into Chris Rock. Um, the box office budget, the budget for the movie was $6 million. Opening mm. weekend, it oh, made six point one million. It grossed it it worldwide grossed seventeen um seventeen million eighteen million dollars worldwide. That weekend. Opened up the weekend at number one, beating out Fire mm. in the Sky, Falling Down, Groundhog Day, which people love mm, that movie. That's yeah, that's a and, white folk classic. <laughs> and and a far <laughs> off place. It came in smoking. The very next week it dropped to number four. But guys, do you know what, what beat, it? beat it? What made it drop? What movie came out that year that made it drop to number four? And this was in '94. This is '93. I don't know 93. why you keep why you keep saying '94. Oh no, man! I'm trying to make it '94. Um, ooh. I'm not gonna look it up, but yeah, you I, yeah, I ain't gonna look it up either. But I'm ooh, I'm sure it was probably a white movie. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three yep. opened up at at number one with twelve million dollars. Yeah. You're not beating no kids movie. A no. summertime kids. No. You're not beating no kids movie. This is Come the worst. Okay, one. This is the worst Ninja Turtle out of all of them. This was horrible. It don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter. You didn't know that until you saw it. So nah. <laughs> yeah, and I could see that with them ugly rubber costumes. Yeah, and so I never really knew that this movie opened up at number one on its opening weekend. Which was crazy to me, mm-hmm. um, because when you look at this movie, it just makes me feel like it was an underground classic. When I first seen this movie, I was like, "Oh, ain't nobody go to see this in the theater." Like, this is a straight up underground classic movie. But when you say underground classic, do you mean like a low budget movie? Mm-hmm. But you gotta look at the nineties. Now, twenty twenty one, I could shoot a whole movie on my phone. You know right. what I'm saying? Back then, so the aesthetic would be very similar. A big box office movie and then somebody who has their hands on recording equipment to make a indie film it would be about the same mm. the technology is limited but this phone i got you i got a whole web series for you from this phone so yeah i can see that i can see that and to do six million first week out that's that's huge hey but look at the movies that the movies that were on that list though falling down i remember watching that movie that was a movie where dude went crazy and he was having a bad day or something like that and groundhog day is considered considered a classic um a classic like people consider that a classic movie i think it was number one before cb4 came out and cb4 came out the box and knocked it out out of his but is that is that is that white folks classic yes that's white people classic but that's what i'm saying like white people have numbers on their side they they it doesn't have to be our 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 dollar is more pointed because we're you know a minority so i could see how this could beat groundhogs day but that's not going to knock groundhogs day off from no Top twenty list for these Anglo-Saxons, man. They ain't gonna do it. They still, that's still gonna be, you know, they ain't gotta see it opening weekend. They can see it next weekend. So let me you ask know. you guys a question: Watching this movie, would you have thought it would opened up at number one? 
No. No. I, there's no and, and like I said, I saw it in the Dollar Theater in my hometown, so that tells me that I did not see it the first week it came out. Because mm-hmm. okay. normally movies would be in they would be in regular theaters mm-hmm. for, you know, at least a month or so and then right. go to the Dollar Theater. But I do remember seeing it in the Dollar Theater, so I, it had to be at least a month out before I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, in 93, I, boy, I was definitely a kid kid. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I mean, oh, this is, this I mean black folks, but no, can, just watching um, it now, though, Rain, like, just watching it now, just watching it now, would you have thought I, that would have been the number I one could, movie in America? I could, only because I'm like, uh, I know that we we go to the movies. That's yes. like a whole like a subsect of like stereotyping in Hollywood and like a, mm-hmm. a a shared joke throughout everywhere. Black people are going to go to the movies. So I, honestly, I could see it. And then especially looking at what it's up against, there's nothing like it. Mm. That opening weekend, there's nothing like that. And then even after this movie, when is the next time? Like, uh, don't be missed to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. What was that, like, late mm. 90s and then Scary Movie was, like, 2000. early 2000s? Yeah. Like, we, as far as mainstream spoof-type movies, we didn't get the Like, so that was an island on its mm-hmm. own for a minute. What? So, yeah, I can, but I can also see it not staying at number one. See, that's the thing for me, too. I think the black parody movies aren't, are few and far between. Mm-hmm. They are. Mm-hmm. They really are. Um, I, I know that we probably won't get any more for a very long time because scary movie franchise kind of killed it. <laughs> like they kind of they kind of deadness, and and we can't get we can't get stuff like CB four anymore. To be honest with you, because scary movie came out with so many sequels, and it was just like, all right, like y'all can chill for a second, Wayne's like stop. Uh, well, you know, really a quick aside here. Um. I, I just watched this like little docu series about how the um, beginning of Scary Movie had the Wayans' hands in it, but then it was taken over, essentially stolen from them by the words of Marlon Wayans from um, what's the the rape nigga Weinstein, like it's from Harvey his Weinstein. people. And so it's like they pretty much took over those projects, made Cindy the center point, and kept going. So to your point, I think you're right. It's like oh, it's so many of these, but. Um, Black people, we are a endless wealth of creativity, and everything we do gets co-opted and stolen by other people. So I don't agree that we're not going to get well that we couldn't have something like this for a while. I feel like the Wayans could get together. Uh, shit, we got so Keenan and Kale, they can get some <laughs> shit together. You know what I'm saying? Like we have people, who, and then you have so many. You have untapped potential in people who are just doing the indie web stuff mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i'm i don't think i think you're right in that a lot of people are probably like oh what the fuck is this but then you also got not another team movie which was uh, it, it was a white thing it wasn't part of scary movie but it was in that um uh, realm of spoof movies mm-hmm. but we always coming up with something man yeah. look at african-american vernacular so i i think we could still we could get something else like this again but what'd you think 12 kyle I think it's definitely possible. I think uh, the thing that you're competing with at this point is um, two things. Content, obviously. Uh, It's not that we lack for the ideas for content because we know we can create anything. Um, And we can create it well and we can sell it. But, you know, in this 
stratosphere now you're competing with so much so many things so the thing is is that and and even watching this when i watched it uh i watched it last night and i watched it uh, last week Mm -hmm. what what one of the things that came to my mind was if someone could do this again how would it look and do Mm -hmm. and do people have the attention span to sit and watch this and consume it and enjoy it the way that we did Mm. um and the reason being is that I think a lot of spoofs or what could have been spoofs instead of them becoming movies, they became videos because the audience's mm. attention span is so short, mm-hmm. you know, and now we get content every time we open up our phone, whatever we do, no, hey. no matter where you go. So mm-hmm. content is, it's, it's like a, it's like a buffet. You can find whatever you want, whenever you want. So it's not as appreciated. So I, I think right. if someone wants to put out a spoof like this and they're not necessarily interested in, or, or being worried about how much they're going to make on it or, you know, how big it'll be, mm-hmm. that can be done. It can yeah. definitely be done. Yeah. Um, but I think that's, you know, also speaks to the genius of Chris Rock and the beauty of this movie is that this was, you know, one of the first. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when you're Absolutely. one of the first, sometimes you get overlooked or not as appreciated. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can watch this now and definitely appreciate it a whole lot much more than we did back then. Mm-hmm. And let me let me let me put something out there too. There's a difference between being a black movie par- that being a black parody and blackening a movie. Like there you go. Like mm-hmm. the honeymooners with Cedric the Entertainer and uh, Mike Mike uh, Mike Epps. Like that's mm-hmm. blackening something. That's not a parody. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like when they do stuff like that. Like Soul Plane is a is a, it's a, it's a black. rip off. It's a black airplane. Like oh. I like the parody. Like the don't drink it. Don't don't drink your juice while living in the hood. In the hood. Yes. Great parody. It's a parody movie, and it makes mm-hmm. fun of hood movies. And I like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I I enjoy that. But people sometimes get it confused and think that like blackening something with a or from a white title is the same as parodying something that mm-hmm. we that we love so yeah you know yeah, how that that's, goes that's yeah, i'll leave it alone yeah. all right let's <laughs> let's get to the fun stuff it's category time first yeah. category where did you rewind this is all of your favorite scenes where do you, what's what scenes in in here um on this movie that you can continue to go back to i gotta start let me start come on I got a bunch of them too. Um, <laughs> the meeting with the real Gusto and Forty Dog in the club when you first meet Gusto and Forty Dog <laughs> is amazing because they sitting at the, the, the VIP section with a bunch of women and he te- he he basically punks trusters and like, look, man, you need to get Wacky D up in here. Mm-hmm. Wacky D, great parody of MC Hammer by the great mm-hmm. by the late. Well, is he alive? Stoney Jackson still got to be alive. Stoney Jackson is. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think, think so. Yeah, yeah, I think Stoney still. I mean, he's. I he's mean, he's tough enough. it's only it's only two 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 uh two things i know stony jacks from he's still here see he's 61 he's still here 227 227 and trespass which is an ice cube and ice tea movie them the only two things i know stony jackson from and this movie cb4 because I'd never seen this movie. I was like, is this Pootie Tang? This nigga look like Pootie Tang. I was like, Pootie Tang. the years don't match up. Pootie Tang is in the movie. Okay, so is it Pootie, is two niggas that look like this? No, Pootie Tang, go back and watch. The actor. The actor who plays Pootie Tang is the guy who mm-hmm. punches Trustus in the face at the funeral. That's Pootie yeah. Tang. Yeah, no, no, yeah. That, <laughs> Bro, I thought that was uh uh what's the nigga Wacky D. I was like, <laughs> nah, that is Wacky D. Right? 
bro, I am all fucked up. Cause I was like, wait a minute, this nigga is everywhere. Like, but okay, go. But the go. whole the whole long scene of us getting knowing who Gusto, uh, MC who Gusto is, and Forty Dog, yeah. and meeting you actually kind of meet trust us. You meet uh, Sissy. Uh, the group, everything, you understand who he is. That's one of my favorite scenes. The straight out of low cash video shoot. Yeah. That whole 10 mm-hmm. minutes from the very beginning where they he's like, I just love that I don't give a damn attitude. All the way to the very end where <laughs> Sissy talks to <laughs> Albert's girlfriend and tells her mm-hmm. tells her about small men and how they drown in her shit. Hammer's head, and you can't touch this because you can't touch this. We want to touch that because my left breast was prominently featured in Eric B's last video, okay? (laughs) This video exposures to come and go. Now, what you need to do is get yourself a Polaroid Instamatic. You see this watch? This is what the right picture of the right man doing the wrong thing can get you. And on that note, we gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Yeah, we work twice. <laughs> you gonna keep working for a living the rate you going. See, it's fine and dandy to go out with these guys. And it's fine and dandy to drive around in their car and have them take you to an expensive restaurant for dinner. But if all you get out of it is a fuck, <laughs> then you say how. <laughs> but you get yourself a fabulous motor vehicle a fine house and can afford to pay for your own meals then girlfriend you are a businesswoman now run your black ass back to the project and get your government check and take that monkey ass shaka zulu looking bitch with you your hip-hop hoes you look a little lost darling i guess i am lost i'm looking for albert albert brown who oh i mean mc gusto oh here for him huh yeah, he's kind of cute. Not enough man meat on him for me. You know, I hurt small guys like that. Small men drown in my shit. <laughs> Look, honey, I hope you get your man. Get <laughs> Hilarious. Um, the scene, another scene that I, I have to watch over and over again is when they get to Sacramento and that whole little spill where um, they go from I think he was a senator. It's Phil Hartman, he's like the playing the yeah. senator, trying to run for, run for senator mm-hmm. or something like that. From the time he tells the speech all the way to the time where he's just like they get off the bus, they find out that uh, Gusto has escaped prison, and mm-hmm. then Trust is like, you know what time it is. <laughs> that, that scene is hilarious to me. Um, the concert in Sacramento where they perform Sweat of My Balls is probably one of the greatest uh, yeah, concerts. Yeah. I would go to that concert for real. The breakup where we get the solo videos and we get the meme of Dead Mike singing I'm black y'all. I'm black Bro, y'all. I'm black y'all. And I'm black y'all. <laughs> yes. Love yes, that. Yes. Well, here we go again. Weird Warren's video, vi- 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 video countdown. Now, word on the street is CB4, null and void. MC Gusto spotted in a record store. Armed robbery? What? Let me tell you something. This hasn't stopped the rest of the group from doing their own thing. My main man, Dead Mike, solo tip in his most personal recording yet. Oh, black 
y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. I'm black, blacker than black, black, I'm blacker than black, yo, because I'm black, and I'm black. Yo, I'm black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, 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 black. Cell Block Force DJ Stabmaster Arson says, Bang, I got my own thing. He's calling his group silent but deadly. Oh. Um, the hip hop retirement uh, retirement home scene. I thought that was hilarious, uh, and probably my favorite, probably my favorite rewatchable uh, scene out of this whole movie, and that's the Gusto and Sissy scene in the Honey Roll Hotel, and yes. Gusto training before having sex <laughs> is the funniest thing. Nigga. I love that scene, and oh. also let me just say this: as a young lad. Candy Alexander. Man, Good hey, Mama Talk Pope. to him. Talk to him. <laughs> I was like, who is this woman? And why does she <laughs> why is she making me feel these feelings? <laughs> Talk to him. So you know uh I've been waiting for this moment for a real long time. <laughs> I just love hearing about anything. Long. Hey, you know, I got a little present for you, baby. Yeah? It's right over here. <laughs> Look at you, check it out. Got my Jimmy hat. Oh, my. Yeah. Ooh. Nice and large, baby, just like me. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nah, baby, you better try this one. <laughs> Jokes. Enough is for player. You know, I'm gonna get busy, hey, baby. Wait you know? a minute. Wait, what's up? Don't you let me slip into something a little more comfortable? Slip into something a little more comfortable? Bitch, what could be more comfortable than what you already got on? <laughs> Don't worry. You won't be disappointed. Damn, bitch. <laughs> You know, you've been talking a lot of shit lately. I sure hope you're ready for this, baby. Oh, yeah, baby, I'm real ready. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Sissy oh. in this movie. Oh. Something, something else. I just There's something else. Rain. I love y'all, <laughs> <laughs> man. You just don't know, man. As a kid, when you start, I'm starting to go into pu- puberty about this time, so I'm I'm learning things about myself. And sissy just, 
I was like, yeah, wait a well, minute. Nigga, I had the exact opposite reaction. <laughs> Alan Payne shirtless. You had me learn some things about myself. So, nigga, so we did hit two birds with one stone. I was like, ah, okay. Rain. This Blue Hill Avenue ass nigga. <laughs> Rain, your favorite scenes from the movie, man. Hell, you didn't took them all. What the fuck I'm supposed to do, nigga? That shit. You didn't took the whole goddamn oath from time it opened to credits rolled up? Okay, sure. Um, Let's see what I, you got left for me. Um, all the sissy scenes, bro. When she was telling them, <laughs> bro, she was cutting yeah. it to these women. Yeah. She was like, I don't know verbatim, but like, you know, you ghetto bitches, fuck y'all. You got a nigga, it's a nigga buying you cars yeah. and shoes, and you can do it for yourself. You ain't mm-hmm. nothing but a ghetto hood rat bitch. I was like, God damn, Tobias Whale, who is that? <laughs> she was that motherfucker. But I liked her. Um, I liked everything about her. I, um, it made me want to see more from her or more from women in that particular space in the 90s. Mm. Um, kind of like precursor to video vixen-ish mm-hmm. characters. But I'm like, because you get so much of men, you get so much of like um, rappers and producers and men in charge in that time mm. where women are relegated to like props, uh, being beautiful and being around to like boost up your own ego and all that good shit. Like I liked her and I liked her arc of like, I'm where the niggas with the money. Like, you ain't fucking with Gusto though. He probably got money on top of money because he don't have that celebrity. Right. She had that little little black book of, of Polaroids. She's like every scene with her was gold. Like every scene. Um, straight out of low cast. I love Dax. I'm like. This is familiar, and I, I know this, you know, I, I ain't seen this movie a day in my life, but this shit, I know most of it. So it was. I think they did a really good job at folding in a lot of hip hop. Now, for me, being a kid, hip hop was important, but I grew up with my mom, so I got some Celine Dion, I got some In Vogue, I got some Bone Thugs and Harmony. So it wasn't like I had just this one centered uh, upbringing of. Uh, just hip hop. And so for me, I think I got to the game a little bit later. Mm. So this song in particular feels so comforting because it feels like I'm getting everything that I eventually learned to love about hip hop, Mm. but I'm also getting this spoofy young nineties, black carefree black boy joy type shit in this one fucking song. And it's like I fuck your cat, but I won't fuck your mom because she fat as hell. Like what the fuck? He Bro, said, that, I "Like to eat um, it, like to suck it, put the shit in a bucket, straight out of low cash." Bro, it was <laughs> the whole. I don't know. Um, uh, and then let me see. Uh, the the the, the interviews. I because it, it 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 they got me. So in the beginning, when I got all the interviews, all the celebrities, I'm thinking like this is a full on documentary style film. You've sucked me in. I know it's a spoof, but you're gonna give me like you know, concrete hip hop dates and shit. They sucked me in with the documentary and then I was already invested. So I couldn't go in it. So the interviews themselves, I love it. Run that shit back. I'm hardcore. I thought I had a lid on this game. I had this sewed up, man. Then I heard these motherfuckers CB4. These motherfuckers is real, G. They show me their guns, G. The fuck I'm supposed to do now, man? I can't dance. Shit's fucked up. But I met him. Gusto stepped to me. He said, yo, Ice, you down with CB4. I was blessed, man. If I had to choose one, I'm Gusto all the way. It's those gold teeth that... Something. I don't know. Gusto. Is that it? Well, I saw Gusto one day. You know, we was at a park picnic. You know, and he was with his family, you know. And uh, 
I didn't want to, I didn't want to trip, you know, because his people was there, you know, his pops was there and shit. So I didn't want to trip, you know, I just played the background and kicked it, you know, and I was like, I catch him, you know, at a swap meet or something. Question, Flav. How does CB4 fit into the world of rap? Hey, yo, let me tell you something, man. They don't fit, you know what I'm saying? They kind of whack, Holmes. Word up, G. Yo, man, they perpetrators, man, the whole nine, man. They, 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 real, they real fucking fake, kid. I think it's kind of unfair that, you know, Cell Block 4 is being picked on like that because at these other concerts when they have rat heads and cat heads and cats being bit off and people spit in the cup and passing around the audience and, you know, getting it back and drinking it, you know. First of all, motherfucker need to cut that long shit that you got dripping and all that. All that shit, you know, to cut it down like my size or something, you know. The first time I uh, I heard sweat up my balls, uh, I was naked uh, with uh, the first black woman I've ever made love to. Ooh, kinky. How did that make you feel? Uh, there was actually... Uh, and the hotel scene as well. Now, I'll say, we already... 75% of the way done with the movie. I'm thinking, you know, we're going to get a few more jokes. When this man started pulling out, first he had the weights, and I was like, where the fuck you get the weights from? Forgetting I'm watching the spoof. Then he get on that bike. I'm like, God damn. So I know they're setting him up, but once the reveal came, with, like, I was just like, bro, this is 90s. This is fucking 90s. This ain't no Medea ass shit. Like this is a joke that you've set up, right. and it is. It, I felt, and, and let me bring this in as a queer person. I didn't feel like, and I can't speak for everybody. I didn't feel like that ending spoof was in poor taste because I felt like it was a means to an end. It wasn't a um, but of a joke. Yeah. And much like when we talked about in life, it's like how are these '90s movies? You think about it, like oh, they probably didn't age well. These two movies that we've done have pretty because nigga, I fuck niggas. I did not hear a fag, bitch ass right. queer. I didn't hear right. shit like that. And I'm like, oh, this is a good movie. <laughs> so it passed the test. So so yeah, that's that's um that's it. There we go. Twelve cow. Where'd you rewind? Um, you you guys <laughs> just oh, we took them off. <laughs> um but but it's cool. Uh, I would agree with with almost everything you guys said. Um, the only one, obviously, like you said, the scenes with uh, Sissy were just that the the hotel scene, and then the 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 funny scene was just the 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 sex scene with with Dead Mike. Oh my god! Oh yeah. So Dead Mike is killing it, and she's killing Chris Rock. You know what I'm saying? So it was polar opposites. That scene and the um. Oh, the scene in the car, the scene in the car where they pull out the fedora, oh, yeah. run the mm-hmm. joints, yeah. pull out the gold chain, gold chains, and they're rapping, and that took me back because honestly, as a kid of the eighties mm-hmm. and the nineties, that's exactly what we did. We had to when when you when 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 the tape came on, yeah. and it was your group. You had to pick a guy, so I, you know, somebody would be Run, mm-hmm. somebody be DMC, and it's funny because the DJ he had to be. It's like, man, you jam as the J, you can't be nobody else. You can't rap. George Jefferson was a sellout, man, because he thought success was living in the white man's building and disrespecting his African American employees. No, no, no. So you don't understand. The cool thing about George Jefferson was he hated every white person he ever met, unless they had a check for him. Tom Willis come over, the door slammed right in his face. But as soon as somebody had a check for him, it was like, hey, Weezy, fix him up a plate. And I write Otis. Yeah, yeah, right and tight. 
Now, that's a real role model to me. Man, do you have the tape? Yeah, I got the tape, but I'm run. I'm DMC. Wait a minute, why can't I be DMC? Because you Jam Master J, that's why. I'm always a Jam Master. All right, me and you will do DMC together. Is that all right with you? All right, Ben. Cool. favorites so you know uh, i remember like it, it just took me back to i remember when me and my boys we would we would act like we were uh nwa back in the day yeah and when we would act like we was nwa my boy jay fresh he would always be ice cube you know so he was always ice cube he, yeah. you, you couldn't if you were rapping you couldn't rap ice cube line he had to rap ice cube <laughs> line so and we did this as teenagers so um so yeah th those two scenes man amongst you know the scenes you guys mentioned uh, we're just downright hilarious, man. Yeah. How yeah. I, I'm probably get digging into another uh, category before it's time, but I got to talk about it. How funny is Charlie Murphy in this movie, bro? Man, listen, Char that all man. Charlie, all Charlie Murphy has to do is talk. That. <laughs> That's it. That. He got a segment, and I miss that dude, man. And it, and mm -hmm. you know that was a, that. If if I could say the one thing that kind of was a downer in the movie mm -hmm. really wasn't a downer, but it was just realizing that these people were gone. Yeah. Charlie Murphy. When I saw Phil, Hart I had totally almost forgotten yeah. about Phil Hartman. And let me tell you something. Phil Hartman is one of my favorite characters from SNL. Yeah. He, okay. would, yeah. he, I would crack up anytime I saw him on <laughs> SNL, man. He was just hilarious. That voice. And, you know, tragically he, you know, committed suicide or whatever yeah. like that. But, um, you know, not seeing him. I didn't know about Diesel D until you mentioned it earlier. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, doing my research, this and yeah, it popped so, up, know, and I was just, like, "Wow!" And just like I said, Charlie Murphy, man. When I when I when I see Charlie Murphy and I hear him, mm -hmm. I think about him on the Chappelle Show and just <laughs> those those kids on the Chappelle Show, are legendary. Man. Yeah, it it does not matter what I'm doing. I will sit and watch. Charlie Murphy skits on the Chappelle show and watch him like I've never seen him before. And hilarious. And that dude, man, he he's not as funny as but I don't think anybody's I mean it's hard to be funny than Eddie, but mm -hmm. he his his level of funny was just man, he he could just say, "Man, man, what well, go outside." You know, he could say that <laughs> and and it would just you'd laugh. Right. Yeah. So every scene that he was in, man, just listen to him talk and and also the guy his boy that was with him with the with the 40 dog. Throat. 40 yeah, dogs. Dog. Man, I thought his name was Voice Box because I had the captions on. <laughs> I was like, 40 they dog. Man, 40, 40 dog was because he, he was mimicking every, and it, and it was Chris Rock's voice. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, every, yeah, everything that he said, it was Chris Rock's voice. Bro, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I did not catch it. All the times I've seen that movie, I didn't even catch it last week when I watched it. When I watched it last night, I was like, wait a minute. That's Bro, that, yeah. When you watch it again, every I time am, he, every time he talks, that's Chris Rock's voice. I'm mad, bro. I did not. And see, that's the beauty. And see, Cole, this is why it's it's important that you guys do these type of movies because 
they're little subtle things that you may not catch mm-hmm. the first or second time that you see a movie, mm-hmm. but once you've seen it, and I think that speaks to the level of genius, that speaks to the level of quality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, it's not something that's going to win an Oscar, but this is a good-ass movie. Mm-hmm. And I think the more that you watch it, you realize, to your point, Rain, it has aged very well. Yeah, mm-hmm. honestly, very yeah. Well. Very well. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It's funny, man, because when I was coming up with the list of movies to do it's like this series is just going to be six episodes because it's a trial to see what we, what if people are going to catch on to this mm-hmm. um cb4 was one of those movies that just are it's just really close to me because it was just in the beginning of me learning about hip-hop you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying it was mm-hmm. and you know i'm still trying to get into stuff i'm listening to music that i'm not really supposed to listen to my aunt is like really like not feeling it but i got an older cousin that lives with me that that is all about this and so i'm sitting up here sneaking listening to his stuff and he, and, and he's bringing in the bootlegs and then you know it's just different things and it it, it was one of the things that kind of helped push me into wanting to know more about our hip-hop culture and 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 especially the west coast you know what i'm saying like that was Mm -hmm. one of them things where we you know we really didn't get that much respect until 90s you know what i'm saying until we start going into the 90s so it was just one of them things where it was just like man like this movie it's just close to me i i funny story let me let me tell you how i learned about phil hartman and then we can move on to the other categories Mm -hmm. Candy Alexander was on a TV show called News Radio, and I was I so I was I so enamored with her that I was just like, I want to see what she looked like on there. And <laughs> Phil Hartman was on that on that show. Mm-hmm. He co-starred on that show with her, and I was like, this dude is hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's how yeah. I got hip to Phil Hartman, and then learning about him being on SNL and watching SNL stuff. So, but yeah, I was following Candy Alexander for a minute, man. I was just like. Look at love, y'all. Sissy was amazingly she, sexy. She, and you know what? She's st- she's 63 and she's still bad. I'm sure. Have you seen well, well not that it matters, but one of the most recent things I know her in was Scandal. She she, she looks like the same woman. Yeah, yeah. She looks like I mean you could tell she's older, but she looks exactly the same. There's no reason she should look exactly the same as she did. <laughs> when like Carrie Washington is like, what, maybe uh, 29 years younger than her, right, like right, playing right. her daughter. I'm like, nah, fam. Yeah, so right. yeah. You're yeah. right. Yeah. You yeah. are so right. Sissy, mm-hmm. Sissy just, she, I was like, I said, good Lord. But <laughs> <laughs> next category on their way up or down. 12, Kyle, I will start off with you. Mm-hmm. What actor or actress was on their way up or down in this in this uh, movie in CB4? Uh, obviously, Chris Rock, because mm-hmm. people, you know, I mean, it's, no brainer. He he was the the star of this movie and um, you know the brains behind it. But I even back then, just thinking about when I went to go see it, I would have never guessed that his career would have t- been on the trajectory that it was. Mm. Um, but he he was he was uh, he was phenomenal, man. But he he was just and still is to me just so funny. I mean, he really don't have to say a lot, but I mean, like he's he's one of those people that you know even to this day I will go pay to see. Or if he's doing something, I'm gonna check it out, you mm-hmm. know, because he's just he's just funny to me. He's one of the people that I I look to to laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Payne at the time, I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, while this movie was a spoof, he went on to star, you know, in um, 
Like, love joke. Let me hold on. Let's collaborate. There you go. Let's collaborate on this because he's uh, he was he. I actually have him as my star on the way up. So let me let's collaborate. Let me go through his through his four movie run after this. So after after CB four his four movie run was Jason Lyric, The Walking Dead, which was a military movie, The Tuskegee Mm -hmm. Airmen, and Vampire in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a nice little he, run. He played, yeah, oh yeah, great run. And he played he played prominent roles in all of those movies. So uh, I have those two, and then I guess for an honorable mention, uh, even though he he had a cameo in this movie, uh, his Hollywood rise was on come the on. rise in Ice Cube. Yep, that's <laughs> on my list too. Yeah, I mean, yep. man, come on, man. I the dude who famously called himself the nigga you love to hate, right. you know, became the face of Hollywood for black people. And mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's funny because I remember, I remember actually taking my kids to see, uh, are we there yet? <laughs> and they think that Ice Cube is this like, you know, yeah. like, they, was... like they love Ice Cube. And I'm like, yeah. y'all don't know this is the dude, this is the dude that said fuck the police. Show so, hey. and, I, and I mean, they were young at the time, so I couldn't really explain to them like, yo, this is that dude. And he's also mm. one of my favorite MCs, but. Okay. You know, I'm like, man, is it to see him go from, you know, NWA, you know, getting saying saying fuck the police and having you know the FBI on their tails and all stuff like that, mm-hmm. and going through all the stuff he went through with, uh, um, with uh, the ruthless record label and stuff like that, his music career and then being taken off and being known now for Hollywood mm-hmm. is amazing. So yeah, I, I, I had those three. Ice Cube had the, one of the meanest mugs I've ever seen in my life, and I used to try to emulate it all, all the time because you I can't thought do it, man. You I can't thought do I, it. I was like, man, Ice Cube is the man; he will forever be the man. But yeah, man, wow, That's my dude. Yeah, you take so you should have took your kids to watch Higher Learning, and they would have understood a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I think my oldest son has seen. It. I don't think I don't think anybody else has seen, it, but I think my oldest son has seen it. Yeah, yeah, Rain. On the mm. way, on the way, up or down? Who you got? You got what stars? Um, I'm actually gonna start with Chris Elliott. Uh, I know, you oh, know this is a white man, he but he, a white. He, yeah, a he, white. that was like, I from there. Oh man, my internet messing up. But yeah, he, um, one, he's in Shit's Creek. I'm mean, working backwards. He's in Shit's Creek. He was in the um the scary movie franchise. He was in a sitcom. Oh, my internet is acting crazy. Um, but he like, and that's on the white side of things, sure. But that man was working, and is still working. And side note, I think he's really banking off of being like a very grotesque looking white man because the roles he's getting mm. is kind of like solidifying. <laughs> Y'all go keep me because Shit's Creek. He looks terrible. He looks just <laughs> like he did in Scary Movie, like with all that makeup. He looks like that now. Right. So. Kudos to him for keeping that, that getting that bag. But him, um, I think Rachel True as well. Um, mm. with the run on half and half. I think that's uh, you know, hats off to her. And um I honestly Ice T, I know it, it took a few years, yeah. but then when you got onto the Law and Order, if you get on Law and Order and you a man, like you good. I don't care if you yeah. say two words, <laughs> but if you're in See, every you single <laughs> Law and Order episode or every other one, come on, man. Rolling with you yeah um ice cube you called that it was one other i mean maybe char jackson because of moesha but mm-hmm. i didn't even realize she was in the movie um she's one of uh stab master Arson's sister yeah one of the sisters mm-hmm. um i'm going to st- wait 
Who's JD Daniels? Is that Vince D'Onofrio? <laughs> you know what? Never mind. JD um, Daniels. That sounds like my cousin. Look, it's white man. This is look like uh, Vince D'Onofrio, but whatever. Um, and then I'll even say, I'm not gonna say Holly Berry that quick. Look, you know, but she was, man. you know, what I'm saying she was in shit. <laughs> she has not stopped working. So you guys um, are pot. You guys are very positive. Maybe Flavor Flav. He had Flavor Love. You oh know that ran God. for some seasons. He got Celebrity Rehab. He got the Brigitte Nelson. Like say what you want, but. <sighs> That nigga was a household name, it, kind of in a way that Ice Cube was, mm-hmm. um, where you started off, on, in which, honestly, that's what you want. You want to start off doing whatever mm-hmm. the fuck you want, getting people fans of yours, and then you want to kind of cross over so that you'll have longevity. And so I think, I mean, you might not agree, but I think Flavor Flav had a really good run <laughs> through the 2000s Yeah. after this, you know, so... All right, guys. I, I'm. It looks like I'm gonna have to be the downer on the pod this this week. Come on. Come now, on. I again, I had on my own the way up. I had Alan Payne, of course. I think Alan mm-hmm. Payne had a great movie run after CB4. Um, on the way down, to be honest, and I think y'all are probably gonna look at me sideways. Teresa Randall was in this movie, and she yeah. hadn't had very after this movie. She never really had any good roles. My That's question fact. is, why Wait, wasn't? Man, she... But what about the Bad Boys movie, Bad Boys series? Uh, but out of how many though? Like that was she was in she was in all three of the bad boys joints. Well, what I'm saying is outside space, of bad boys, she was in Space Jam. She was in Girl Six. She was in Sugar Hill. Uh, you, I don't know. Uh, you might be winning me over, though. I don't know. I think, you, no, I think you're making some points. I mean, it wasn't big starring. Yeah, she was in King she, New York. She was in what else? She was in. I she mean, this day. No, no that's Vivica Fox. No, that was, uh, I feel like, okay. So let me okay. Let me preface it this way. I think Teresa Randall is a is a very good actress. She's mm-hmm. really good, to be honest with you. She yeah. was given some really crappy roles. I just feel like she should have been a bigger star than what she is. You know what I'm saying? But, like her run work was wasn't really that well received. I don't know if she just had problems picking the type of roles. Girl Six was a no. decent Spike Lee movie, but it wasn't knocking anything out of the park. And then, but that, but she was a she was the lead role. She was the leading mm-hmm. actress. She 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 had she had gone from being a supporting actress to a lead <laughs> actress. I, I think that's big for her. Mm-hmm. I just feel like she should have been a bit. I'm, but who should compete with? Look at the other black women in yeah, the nineties, because yeah. you know we didn't have roles like mm. that. Like there's a whole right. book, right. you know, Elin Harris wrote where the two women. Actresses were like, "Hey, this role, they're not looking for me. Dark skinned black woman, you go for it because you're my light skinned black friend." Mm-hmm. Like that may be fiction, but that's what was going on back then. Yeah. What Dark other skin. black women was she competing against? Right. See, why y'all trying to make me feel? I'm still gonna stick. No, I mean you. She was on her on way down. Shit, but... Cole, Cole, I got, I got a couple more. Uh, okay. Was Jungle oh, Fever, true. Five Heartbeats. Now and this Malcolm is X. is this post? This is post. This I needed to be post. Yeah. This is this CB4. is before. This is post CB4. Okay. This is all after CB4. Now, keep in mind, CB4 came out in 93. 93. Mm-hmm. 95, Bad Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, 94, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Mm-hmm. She was in Space Jam in 96. It had a mm-hmm. leading role in Girl 6 in 1996. Mm-hmm. Sugar Hill, 93. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in, damn, I, I remember from Spawn. She was in Spawn in 96. Oh, she shit. Was, in was she Angela? I think so. She might have um, been Angela. Wife. Yeah, um, damn. She was, in, she was in some movie called Shit Year in 2010. I <laughs> okay, remember I remember that. I just um, feel like she should have been. I mean, I'm not saying it's her fault. I think a lot of it had to do with the way they were casting back in the 90s and stuff like mm-hmm. that too. Don't get me wrong, 
But Teresa, if you look at Teresa Randall and the roles that she has played, she is a very good actress. I just yeah. was like, yo, she could have been way bigger than I feel like she she could have been way bigger than what she was. That's all I'm saying. One, and I don't one, one one last one, Cole. She played Living for Love, the Natalie Cole story. Mm, Natalie come on. Cole mm. in twenty and excuse me, in two thousand. Now I'm not gonna tell you how good it was because I didn't see the <laughs> See, Still. see what I'm saying. You know, but she also looked a little bit like Vanessa Williams, though. And if you're gonna go, but whatever, I'll leave that alone. Yeah, but just get she Vanessa has a Williams. Similar look that I just think that the time period was against her. Mm. Yeah, and to your point, I mean, like she came through at a time where the the, the long hair, light skin was in. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, she was kind of fighting that too. You know, and mm-hmm. then she wasn't going to take any old kind of role. She, her role in this movie was actually pretty good. I liked it. I, I, oh, I yeah. loved it. I loved, yeah. That's why I, I said I she... I love that scene where she checked, uh, where she checked Gusto. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. That. This is Eve Edwards of Source Magazine. She's here to do a piece on the group. So you're here to get a group of piece, huh? Well, I got to go first. Why you got to disrespect this huh? sister? Oh, man, she ain't nothing but a groupie with a pen. I, a pen is all you have in your pants that's already out of ink. You better watch it, ho. Ho? This is not Christmas, you slender slice of sexist slime, and I am not a girly, a video, a skeezer, a prop, a hoochie, or a stunt, and most certainly not a hoe. Comprende? Princess is no joke. Why, thank you, Euripides. Oh, it's my pleasure, Sister Edwards. Oh, no, please. Call me Eve. You know, I'm I am not a groupie. I am a journalist. I take no shorts, and I do my research. Now, I can do a nice, puffy feature that reports exactly what you tell me, or I can delve so deeply into your background with an eye for every inconsistency. Your mother would disavow any knowledge of your birth. Now, which would you prefer, Albert? That, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I, you know, I'm not <laughs> trying to tear the sister down. Yeah, we know that. We know. But that. what I'm saying is, we just I, giving you a hard time. Of course, <laughs> I just felt like she did. I, I felt like she did a well enough job for her to be able to get better roles and big. Not to say that her. No, I am saying it. She should have been leading actress in a lot of movies that maybe Halle mm-hmm. Berry might have t- taken or um, some other. Act- I think she's just a better actress than some of the mm-hmm. actresses that were doing what they were there doing in the nineties. There are a lot there, of other. Yep, there are a lot of. Better I mean, but how many how many sisters got lead roles? You know, going forward from that point from the nineties into the two thousands. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. only a handful, even to this day, to be honest. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, in major films. Right. Yeah, and like I said, look at look at Chris Williams. I know he's a man, but keep keep Chris Williams in the front of your mind. White people know about him because of Black Lightning. We knew about him for years before. Scooter. They're like Holly Robinson Pete. Like, I don't know how many white yeah. people are just casting her and stuff, but we know about her from watching black movies, black sitcoms. So I think she's just one of them people where, like, you know she's good. You see her and stuff. But our black films, like Bad Boys and all the other shit you named that she was in, we know mm-hmm. her face. But until she's on, like, a, I don't know, Wonder Woman or some big-ass, uh, I don't know, Tarantino film, like, you know, mm. it's probably still possible, but she's a black actress through and through. Like, that's our actress. They, that's a good point. Yeah. You know? That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Next category I want that damn Oscar. Who was mm-hmm. acting their ass off in this movie? Rain, who do you have for, for that category? Um, because mine is probably going to surprise you. But I think. Honestly, I think Alan, Alan Payne. I think Dead him, 
Yeah, Dead Mike, and I think Charlie Murphy. <laughs> I think both of them, like, the, like, I I don't know, man. Just his iconic, I'm blackity black, and I'm black. Like, but his whole arc, honestly, throughout the film, from hanging with this, your boys, getting famous, but then also turning to what we would see as, like, whole temporary, but getting to that whole black part <laughs> that in the 90s was there. I, I remember it not just from TV shows, but my cousins, two beautiful light-skinned twins, they had boyfriends that was very much like, yeah, brother, let me get you this. You know, it was like they were very much like... Let's go back you know, to Africa, so, brother. <laughs> yeah, a lot of this was yeah. just like, it, it, it's a it's a but I think there was so many gems in there. Like, yeah, it was like, oh, I'm gonna um, uh, get back to my community by getting a, a beeper store and, and only employing black. Like, that was played up for laughs, but like, that's genius. You're, mm. you're so I don't know. I just, I think Dead Mike and uh, and, and then the, the real Gusto, his arc mm. of like trying to get his name back. Like, you didn't <laughs> got all this shit off of me. And you were no good, you a bitch. It didn't making this man go and rob a video store or a record store and pulling <laughs> off his man like that man. Yeah, them two for me, they they need it. They need it. Oh two. my god, he's <laughs> we see before we not rapping no more. We robbing niggas like, yeah, so yeah, that's that's my uh, my pick. 12 Cal, you gave your no, I didn't get mine. Okay, go I ahead. We, I want that damn mask. Uh, yeah, I gotta give it to um. I, I just to piggyback off of Rain, I got to give it to uh, Alan Payne, man. I, th- I thought he was, I thought he was good. I thought he was, he was showing like where he was coming from, and um, you know, even though it's a spoof, he came off as believable. Right. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And um, you saw the kind of the, the 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 introspect of his character, and like Rain said, uh, you know, he he was he was pre hotel before we even knew it. You know, what I'm saying? Hey. so uh, you you can't be mad at that. So yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with Alan Payne, man. All right, guys. So it looks like I'm gonna have to be the odd one out of the book. Well, first of all, of course, this is not so odd. Uh, Charlie Murphy's on my list. I said Charlie Murphy is Gusto yeah. easily. <laughs> give him some yeah. kind of award because that was yeah. amazing. He did a great job. William E. Pugh as Trustus Jones. Trustus Ooh. Jones is probably one. Of, he mm-hmm. played that sleazy, yeah, uh, record record uh, label exec to the T. Mm-hmm. He was. He he was funny to me. He did very hilarious things. I just think he was like one of those little parts of the movie where I just loved him. Trustus would be on his even in his funeral when he on the phone in his funeral. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yes. to be honest with you, he was to me, he really reminded me more of MC Hammer than Wacky D did. You know <laughs> Yeah, he definitely had the hammer look. I'm like, <laughs> this is hammer. Just a the sleazy yeah. version of him. Just everything about it, the little stuff that he used to say, that whole thing, the whole speech he he um he told him, you know, about Gusto getting out and then uh, you know, telling him what time it is and just everything <laughs> about Trustus. Trustus was a sleazy yeah. ass dude, bro. Like But you know you know what? He reminds me, he feels like a precursor to um what's homeboy who played in Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, but he was on the Wayans Brothers show. As a little, the little black dude. I know what you're talking um, about. I can't give you the name of the actor. And then you got, um, oh fuck, um, well I had a whole list in my head, but he feels <laughs> like it down. The, <laughs> man, forget who writes stuff down anymore. No, uh, but he feels like a pre. Oh, uh, Jamie Foxx's 
uncle in the Jimmy Fox show, like he feels like oh, Garrett Morgan. he was yeah. the like there was like, oh, we could do this. We could have mm-hmm. a character like this. And then yeah. he kind of trickled down like as homages, even if they didn't know it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I feel like they yeah. they stemmed off of this sleazy motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And- he he really did look like Hammer for real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hammer did have that look, and I, I I don't know if Hammer ever spoke about you know being spoofed in that movie, but uh, but yeah, that was that was funny. Wacky D. Yeah. Wacky D. Wacky D. Um, <laughs> next category. I'm just here for the check. Who phoned their theirs in? So let me go first. I don't think anybody phoned their performance in personally. I think everybody mm-hmm. played their part correctly. I don't think anybody. No lack of emotion. I think, plus with this being a 90s, uh, early 90s black movie, I think everybody was giving it their all. Do you guys think the same, or do you think somebody was phoning it in? Um, oh, go ahead, Kyle. Um, I don't think anybody phoned it in. I think uh, watching it for the second time, like I said, within two within two weeks, um, I realized that Deezer D didn't have a, as many lines as yep. I thought he did. Mm-hmm. He really yeah, didn't. He did. he really, if you look yeah. at it, he really didn't speak a lot, you know, yeah. relatively speaking. And I mean, he went on to parlay, you know, a very solid career uh, on uh, ER. Mm. Um, mm, okay. You know, after this movie, but um, but yeah, he uh, looking back, and again, I, I won't say that he phoned it in. He just he didn't have as many lines as obviously Chris Rock and uh, Alan mm. Payne did. So yeah, yeah mm. I would. I would say nobody phoned it in, but I was looking back on it now. I was a little surprised that he had as few lines as he did. Mm. Yeah, I hated that. That I, I wanted to mention that as well. He, he they didn't give him a chance to be Oscar worthy. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. like I, his story was more interesting to me as far as home life. Like you got mm-hmm. all them sisters and you <laughs> enjoy being the man of the house for your. Like that was. I wanted more. Yeah, of that, but he but... was a whole pervert out here the whole time walking around with big booty <laughs> magazines. Hey man, that's yeah, everybody had them the magazines. Yeah, yeah, man, you better go. On. It wasn't pictures of his sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. That's a great point. Look. Oh, oh um, my god. Oh, quick like honorable mention for who needed an Oscar, that little boy. That little that little yes. white boy. That little motherfucker. Oh, like, he was damn. He needed a damn motherfucker. Yeah, he was. He was very much carrying his part of the movie. So I think his name was Mike. Mention. If I'm not mistaken, it was his name was Mike. If I'm not mistaken, I think so. What's oh, no, name, it's Ben. Was it? It wasn't Ben. It was. I think it was Ben. Ben. Sorry, yeah. Ben. Um, who is Ben's mama? Because uh, Ben don't look. I think he I traditional think he was, white. I think Phil Hartman was widowed. I think. No, no, yeah, because remember he said something after the tragic loss of my wife. Right. I was like, did he kill her? No. Like, he's a politician. I understand that part. I'm just saying he didn't look traditional. He something was mixed in him. He wasn't no With traditional. The pen? <laughs> yes. Really? He looked like a white boy. Well, he had his hair was dark, like he might have been Hispanic or something. Yeah, like that. his skin mm. was kind of dark too. You don't know. Ben, okay, yeah. okay. Ben, Mama could have been the, the maid. I give y'all that, but he—it's the '90s. He was coded as white. <laughs> but that little motherfucker, he was definitely like, and you know, he started to get on my nerves at first when he uh, went into his dad's office and turned on the video, and I was like, is this about to be one of them weird ass kids? It's like your dad is clearly on the phone. And I'm like, what movie are you watching? And he definitely carried he carried a good leg of this film yeah. um 
as far as phoning it, I don't think anybody did. It looks like it was all fun for even the extras. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was all fun. The fact that Rachel True was running in the field with that blue dress in the in the tall grass, you know, they got to do a little fun shit. So I don't think anybody phoned it in. Okay, well, like, I didn't. I didn't either. I think everybody did that job. Yeah. No. Um, Clifton Powell sighting? No, didn't see Clifton Powell in the movie no, at all. No, he didn't make this. Surprisingly, but he should have been. I saw him in there. Get out of here. Could this be made in 2021? If so, in the theater or streaming? 12 Cow. Um, it could definitely be made in 2021. Um, I think this would probably be streaming uh, because I think all it would take would just be one crazy weekend. <laughs> and if it, you know, yeah. you don't really have nothing going on or it's just hey. hit the timeline and people start talking about it. Yeah. It, it's amazing how stuff, you know, uh, for all that is good and bad about the internet. I mean, like social media and everything that, that encompasses it word of mouth. Mm. If you get something that's hot, mm. I mean, it could take off and it could really, really mm-hmm. expand. So, um, I could definitely see this streaming and to be honest, if they did it, I'd be sitting right here watching it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Um, I honestly think black Twitter cause I, yes. Say what you want. I think Black Twitter is what got Bird Box the notoriety that it got. Because mm. white people do be liking stuff, but once it hit Black Twitter and we do our memes, look at Vaishan from mm-hmm. WandaVision. Yeah. You can't tell me <laughs> there's not power in Black Twitter. Um, I agree. I think it could be made today. And I think it could be either made as a period piece, of a spoof on the 90s. Or it could mm. be made now. It, see, the only issue I have, but I think it would work, is if you took um, recording artists now mm. and you put them into... Because a lot I don't listen to, some that I do, some sound the same. I know I sound like an old uncle, but some of them do <laughs> sound the same. But I think if you got a lot of younger artists now and then maybe a few NBA players, you know, put Steph Curry in there, maybe if LeBron want to do a cameo. But I think you could still do this movie because, again, I don't think it was as offensive. Now, I can't speak for every marginalized person, <laughs> but I don't think it was as offensive as I would have assumed it was right. considering it's a 90s film. So, yeah, I think you could um, you could do this movie now. And I think that, well, with the global pandemic, all this shit we in, you would want to do streaming. But... I would say maybe Netflix just because everybody that's the default streaming service. Mm. Um, but you know, Max probably would do well, Prime, mm. but I would I would hope maybe like a Netflix. Mm. Um, wow. So yeah. We're three for three. I said yes and I would and I said it would only work it would only people wouldn't go to the theater to see this. Mm. Streaming wise, I think it would be hilarious. It would be hilarious. I would yeah. more want it to be a parody of the 90s though like i don't think today's artists really understand the nuance like i think some of these artists would be disrespected if it was set in today's time because you know people have identities to protect and and ig stuff and all this other stuff but i just feel like if they did it it would have to parody the the 90s it could do early 2000s you know they could probably possibly do that also i just don't think today's artists understand a parody movie like that i think if they spoof the 90s or or, or what what rain said early 2000s i think it would be hilarious i think if you put it on netflix i would probably more put it on netflix too uh i think they would if they if netflix handled it correctly because they're all about comedy now that's their that's their thing comedy mm-hmm. um i think oh, it would be a i think it would be hilarious um Same. like 
Netflix movie, so mm-hmm. most definitely streaming. Ain't nobody going to the theater to watch this, though. I wish. <laughs> I now, wish. If you, if you if you tie it up with a particular weekend, like not even to force it, but if in the movie you made it like during a Juneteenth weekend or something, like in the actual movie, mm-hmm. how um, Friday after next, I believe, is a Christmas movie. No matter what way you, it's Friday after next, right? Either way, yeah. I, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, next category. Change two actors to make this movie better. If y'all still I thinking, I got mine already. So I can go first if you need me to. I can't really, because I think everybody brought something different to the table. I can't really think about, because even like somebody like like A. White. You know, and it, I, mm. I found it hilarious that his name is A White. Like A, instead of saying A White man, it's just A White. Right. Um, but even somebody like that, he's not, he's not overbearing. He he fits. Like I I think, in a lot of ways, this is a spoof of you know people of a of, of a time and of an era. Mm-hmm. And I just I think every I think they're pieces to the puzzle, and I think everybody fits. And and just to kind of piggyback off of what you know Rain was just saying, like. Mm-hmm. I think if you do this now, you don't have to worry. I mean, like you, I'm sorry, what Cole was saying, if you do it now and it's still based off the 90s, mm-hmm. you know, it works because think about it like this. This movie came out in 93. Nobody was tripping off of it. Even mm-hmm. the people that they spoofed, they mm-hmm. weren't tripping. You know, they spoofed. The in, yeah, they were in the movie. They spoofed <laughs> Ice Cube and NWA, and Ice Cube was in the movie. Easy, he was in you the know, movie, but too. now. If you spoof somebody, you know, these people, they, you know, these artists, they sensitive as shit. You know, mm-hmm. they, they want to mm-hmm. fight and shoot and all kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so to answer the question, now, I don't, I don't think, I, I can't think of anybody who I think you'd have to, you know, replace. Cause if you take, let's say if you take Chris, T- Chris Rock out and you put in, I don't know, um, Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. it's not the same movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not better, not worse, but it's not the same movie. Mm-hmm. So, because nobody can deliver the lines like Chris Rock can. Same for Charlie Murphy. Mm. You know, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not replacing him. <laughs> <laughs> so I, no. I can't think of it. I mean, I'm, I, yeah, I, I just can't think of anybody to replace. That's fine. Rain, what about you? Um, I was going to replace Chris Rock, but shit, not after that. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're going to have no, a no, no, This is no, probably going to end the pie. We're, like, we're going to have a, yeah. a deep dive yeah, no, about no, no, Chris no, Rock. No, I'm still, I still am. No, I agree with you, Kyle. I really do. I think everything you said was spot on. But if I were to replace anyone, it would probably be Chris Rock. And now that you told me that like he was the voice for, uh, what's his name, 40, 40, 40 Dog, like mm-hmm. I would keep all of that stuff in for him, like all the ways that he had his hand in it. But I would probably switch him out for like Martin or something, just mm-hmm. because I think that okay. would it would give it it would be a different movie. But I just I don't know. I just think that would be the only person at that time who comes to mind who I think would do the story justice, and it would make it a different film. And then honestly, with him being so little, playing into that little man complex, he was a skinny dude back then too. Chris Rock is pretty tall. Mm. Now, I know that probably doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but seeing, you know, big buff, um, uh, dead Mike, and then seeing big, <laughs> big, swole, stabby McStaverson and then this little ass tiny, like, how you going to take over Charlie Murphy's uh, persona? You this little, little dude. Um, and then if I was to replace anyone else, maybe Rachel True, and that's only because she is a lighter skinned black woman. But and I would replace her with? with somebody else who was much darker Okay. Um, I'm not sure who, what actress it would be at that time, because like again, what dark-skinned black actress was working in the early '90s? Mm. 
know what I'm saying? Like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. I know there's someone out there, but I can't. Ninety-three. Mm. I don't know, but I would yeah. replace Rachel True, and maybe, nothing against her. Uh, maybe um, it's uh, hard. AJ it's... Johnson, maybe. Mm. Yeah, how old no, was she back then? AJ, John- I mean, AJ Johnson should have been sissy. That's what I'm saying. Like, what's, what's her age back then? I would maybe Regina King. I mean, you know, I don't want to default to her, but like she's yeah. darker. Um, well, she, I was she just that much, she, she ain't that much. Yeah, darker. she ain't that much darker. Yeah, yeah, true. yeah. well, but she was darker she was than Janet Jackson. She was like paper bag brown. You know, yeah, I mean? she so, just yeah, barely I mean, made. It's the hair that fools rain. <laughs> it's, it's it's just the hair that fools rain. It's just the curly hair that What's she had. <laughs> but no, I would just I would I would replace her with someone darker. Um, just for that reason alone, but. Really, the main person I would replace would be Chris Rock, but I would want him to still keep his hand in everything. But just switch him out with Martin, maybe. I might. Okay, one of mine probably gonna catch some heat for, but I just keep seeing this actor, so I'm gonna say him for last. Only got two. Okay. Trust us. Samuel okay. Jackson is trust us. Bro, mm. <laughs> that would have been a whole other movie, fam. <laughs> yes. Sam, you put Samuel Jackson as Trustus Jones. Man, listen. And the reason Yo. why I say that because he was in a movie called A Great White Hype uh, with Damon yep. Wayans. Yep. And he was a promoter. And I was like, man, if he could have been Trustus Jones in CB4. Yeah, and then that's early uh, Sam Jackson too. So it yeah. would have been, and the, it, the movie's Wrong. already R rated, so it's good to go. Like <laughs> yeah, he gonna Wrong. be acting for his life. Yeah. Um, probably gonna catch some heat for this one, but no, don't say that. Dead okay. Mike, I would yeah, cast. You definitely catch some heat from that. I'm gonna cast LL Cool J as Dead Mike. See, I don't know that LL has those actors, but go ahead. I mean, LL been acting. I think if you put it. I just wanted to see a real rapper. Deezer mm, D, okay. D was a rapper too. Um, he did Christian rap and he did another. Uh, he was in a group too. But I would. It would be funny to see a rapper replace one of CB4. And I was like, LL okay. Cool J was kind of hot at in '93 at that mm, point in course, time. Of course. And I was like, why didn't okay. they just slide LL as Dead Mike? Even though he's an East. Him? Even though he's an East. Oh, at that point, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not a, no, not in no, the nineties mm-hmm. and LL. Nah, man, they couldn't afford. It. LL was, LL was probably where Jay Z, or maybe mm. not Jay Z, but he was, he was large, he was mm-hmm. large at that yeah. point. Yeah, in the house was like what ninety five, ninety seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I but mean, no, LL was doing movies by that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So why don't we so just you say that? Take I'm, Alan Payne out. More. Take Alan Payne out, slide in a real rapper, which is LL Cool J. He plays Dead Mike, and it would be funny because they're a West Coast rap group, and they got this East Coast dude as Dead Mike. You know what I'm saying? Because he he was counter Dead Mike was counterculture on everything that they did. Like they was doing Jerry Mm -hmm. Curls. Dead Mike was like, nah. They was they was they was acting real ignorant. Dead Mike was like, I'm trying to find peace, brother. So I just would like to see if LL could have pulled that off. LL coming in and being too damn serious. Like you know. Mm. Well, you know, as a rapper, we wouldn't do this. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm like, man, let's sit your ass down. <laughs> yeah, and that blackity black and I'm black. Yeah, Which, yeah. Could you really LL see uh, doing that? Nah. Nah, but I get what I, you're saying. But if he I, would I, have, I it would have been hilarious. I feel you. I feel you. Bro. Well, I mean, when he did In the House, it was comedy. Yeah, but that's on your own accord. Like, you, yeah. at this point, you the man in charge. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, that's right. not somebody else's project where they're telling you, I want you to 
jigaboo this rap shit up. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, so I get you, but I don't, I don't know. And even on that comedy, yeah, but he was still like sex symbol. He slept yeah, with that damn yeah. single mama. Like, Alan Payne was taking his shirt off and showing his his abs and stuff in the sex I scene. Know, I just don't think it's the same, man. But and you know, LL thought he was like a football player at that time, and he, yeah. he was the sex he, symbol. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, he was, yeah, but I mean, I, I feel you, Cole, and I do agree. I think it would have been funny to have an actual rapper in that space, but I don't know. Alan did it for me. He was he was blackity black. <laughs> Yeah, being pie yeah. black, y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Rain. I'm with you all the way. Um, here's a slick. I slid this in category because you guys don't have all it right. on your run sheets. Question that I need an answer to: Why didn't Stab Master Arson have sex with Sissy? Everybody else did. He was a virgin. But yeah, she, they did say that. But he did this. He went forward with it. Remember when when. MC Gusto was like, "What about Sissy?" And he was like, "Well, maybe I'll go ahead and do this because of, because he wanted he was the main one that wanted to have sex with Sissy, but right. he Wait, never did he, in the movie." I I think that's the nature of them fucking his character over because now that I think about it, he said when they broke up the band, you were the coolest virgin I knew. You got a piece of pussy, and now you acting crazy, or whatever. So I think maybe they cut some of his scenes or something because. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had yeah. women all over him. He had he had all these different women around him, but he never got with thing. Sissy though. Yeah, just saying. He well, was, I mean, she she had kind of been around the crew at that point. Do you really want her? You know what I mean? I mean, he that's <laughs> when we when they meet each other. He just like I've seen you on a on a lot of on a lot of <laughs> many rappers. I right. don't know. I just thought and see and and that could have been a turn off for him. That could have been like, well, nah, I don't want something. That somebody's he, been with everybody. He walked know, around so. with these porno. He was walking around I mean, with that's, these, but that's different. That's that's his image of what he wants or what he thinks he's gonna get as a rapper. Mm-hmm. As opposed to somebody that he sees every day or every other day, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh man, she well, she bad, but she didn't been with my boy. She didn't been with this dude, that dude. I don't want to be mm-hmm. with." Her. Don't ask, yeah. don't tell. <laughs> but, but like <laughs> you said, you know, Sissy thing. was Sissy was the she was the 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 quote unquote intro to the video vixen. Yep. And you know, there were a lot of video vixens in the early to mid to late nineties mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. really just got passed around. Passed around, mm-hmm. rapper to rapper. You know what I'm Twelve so. Kyle, they were called ingenues at that point. <laughs> they were ingenues. <laughs> Next category: Did the soundtrack slap? Huh, yes. It was really hard to find this soundtrack on streaming. I couldn't. I couldn't find it. I, I could find a few songs, mm-hmm. but I couldn't find 90s. a whole. I couldn't find a whole Bro, soundtrack. It's yeah. the '90s. I don't know what's going on with like roy- not royalties. What is it? Uh, masters and and licenses. I don't because. Um, thin line between love and hate. There is a specific song that's played in the club that I that was on title for like a week, and then like yeah. So the nineties, man. A yeah. lot has to do with um, sampling mm-hmm. and royalties. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you an example. Like one of my favorite songs, one of my favorite songs from Tupac, mm-hmm. a song called Pain. It's on the uh, Above, Above the, Rim the Rim soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, I bought the tape. It's on the tape, but it's not on the CD. Mm-hmm. So I ended up buying the CD later, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And when I bought, it, I'm like, "Damn, what the hell is that? Was painted?" Mm-hmm. So I couldn't play it. And it's it. They just put it on streaming. I know mm-hmm. it's on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Maybe about a month it, or so ago, 
Yeah, Dang. yeah, so it then, was. And this is this is Tupac. This ain't you know run of the mill yeah. rapper. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. this is just this particular song for whatever reason. And so I think a lot of times, what I'm what I'm finding out is that some of these soundtracks and why you're not seeing some of them on these streaming platforms is that there are sampling issues, there's clearances issues. Mm-hmm. You know, because honestly, in the in the early in the early '90s, late '80s. A lot of that stuff never did get cleared. Mm-hmm. You know, these rappers would sample these songs. And I mean, like, think about it, because you're not yeah. thinking about, you know, making yeah. money or you're not thinking mm-hmm. about it blowing up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you take a, a group like De La Soul, who, you know, did a masterful job of sampling on, on their albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if this stuff doesn't get cleared, then all of a yeah. sudden, you know, somebody says, hey, man, I hear your song and this song right here. So forth and so on. You look up and this this rap song is on the pop charts. Mm-hmm. And it's making all this money. You're like, oh, wait, I, I, I want my cut. You know, now yeah. it's a yeah. lawsuit. It's, you know, so mm-hmm. it's a whole bunch of stuff. So I think a lot of times, you know, with streaming, people aren't sure because we still don't know how much a stream. I mean, that's another story for another. Oh, no, man. Yeah. Come on, man. We don't know yeah. how much a stream is worth. Right. So yeah. you don't know how to split up, divvy up the profits mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, so I, I think we'll see, you'll see a lot of that happen, particularly in the, uh, early '90s, because there's just no definitive way of how to calculate the money, who and where it goes. Actually, yeah, yeah, they they did put the above the rim soundtrack back out on. It's on title also, because uh, okay. I actually got a nice little email saying, "Hey, <laughs> above the rim soundtrack, guys, <laughs> it's out. It's digitally remastered, and they got paint on there." So, um, yeah, I was okay. I was happy about that. I, I I'm good. Twelve Kyle, I might have to bring you back for for above the rim. I might have to hey, if we do that. Do it, if we do that, you're gonna have to come back for a butter rim. I'm definitely down, man. Um, yeah, it was just hard to find it. Um, final final category: Widow's Peak. What actor or what? Well, that's not that's not the final category. But what actor hit their peak in this movie? Who do you think? Mm. I'm gonna mm. go first. I, I'm gonna catch some heat for this. I. I we need to have this conversation. It's a conversation okay. that needs to be had. Okay. I don't think Chris Rock knows how to be a lead in a movie after this movie. I don't agree. I yeah, think I Chris Rock had a roller coaster a roller coaster ride of being a lead. If that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. there's certain movies that I love him in. Like Head of State. Um what's the movie where he comes back from heaven and he's a comedian? Down to Earth. Down to Earth. Mm-hmm. I like those. Mm-hmm. But it's, you get movies like. Death in the Funeral? You get Death, you get uh, Top Five and. You ain't like Top Five? But that's not, bro. He wasn't a good lead in that movie. I think I love my wife. That's a good hey, one. Because Gary Washington, yeah. And what's the one I where he was that. married to but, that white woman? I thought that was a really good movie. I, I think, but then you get the Adam Sandler stuff that he did. When he's like a co-lead. Yeah, okay. yeah, you get what okay. I'm saying? Like Chris Rock okay. is very up and down in some of his lead. Great. I love Chris Rock. Don't get me wrong. But there's certain movies where they put him at the lead, lead actor, and sometimes he can carry the load because of you know, because the movie made it caters to what he does comic wise. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, like, he just kind of, I'm like, hey, brother, like, <laughs> you funnier than this. I've seen you do it. <laughs> so, I don't, I mean, I'm not saying that he he peaked at CB4, but what I'm saying is this was his first leading role. 
Mm-hmm. But after that, like it was a, it was just he had a, a lot of ups and downs when it came to. Let's see. I think that's him being a lead. Then, then we realize again with like taking it into account, um, homegirl Teresa Randall. Like I think it's like yeah, the same yeah. thing because look at uh, how many other black men you're competing against. At that time, you know how many roles were offered to him because you could be this big name, yeah, but you also compete with Martin Lawrence, Will Smith, yeah, um, but you got the Denzels yeah. up for the action and serious stuff. So Sam Jackson. If you go back and look though, as far as like comedy movies and a lot of stuff that he was the lead in, a lot of those movies he produced, he was the yeah, producer. But that's what I'm saying, having to put taking it to your own hands, and and so I, I I mean I agree. I'm not I'm not saying you're completely wrong, but I just think like. 93 you gotta look at like because you got his stand-up comic stuff i think stuff like top five um bad hair like things that were kind of like almost like borderline reality show type stuff where it was a bit more of a staged comic element um i think that was good the i think i love my wife um the what is it two days in new york like if you look at those two movies alone him playing opposite Kerry uh, Washington and I think I love my wife and then that white woman, forgive me, I don't remember her name, in Two Days in New York. Those are two different films where he's playing not necessarily the same character, but he's in that same space where you're essentially a married man and it's a romance relationship type movie. But they're two totally different movies. Like Two Days in New York, that's definitely some shit on a, on some white people's list. Like, this is our shit. Right. Versus, I think, I, so... I agree with you to an extent, but I think he's not a Denzel. You know what I'm saying? You're not a. But the, I, I don't. I, that's the thing. I don't expect Chris Rock to be Denzel Washington. I just feel no. like I expect Chris Rock to be Chris Rock. Chris Rock is a hilarious right. stand up. And mm-hmm. like I said, there's certain. Like, I don't know if you guys have. I'm probably the only person who's watched Head of State before. Head of State is about him running for president. And it is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. Him, Bernie Mac is his brother, which is he ends up being the vice president, and them two playing off each other is hilarious. It's stuff like that. Um, Down to Earth, I thought Down to Earth was a very funny movie. He handled being the lead in that role. He he handled being the lead in that movie very well. But like, take Spiral, his like newest movie. I don't think he did a very good job as the lead role in Spiral. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> when I say he's not a Denzel, I don't mean that like oh his acting ability isn't up there. I'm saying in the way that he's perceived. So again, I do agree with you, but when you're not a Denzel and you're not a Martin Lawrence and you're not, like I just I just don't think that the roles I just don't think that the roles are there. Like even if he gets them and he isn't doing well, how can you expect someone to do well when they don't get those roles consistently? You know what I'm saying? Like I think it's I don't know. Kyle, what you think? <laughs> you know, I, I can't really, I thought about this question. I, I really didn't have anybody because I think everybody, for the most part, at least from what I could tell, their careers, you know, kind of took off after that. Mm-hmm. Um, So I, I didn't have anybody for that. I, not anybody where I thought like they would, you know, I don't think it, I guess the, what I'm saying is I, I don't, I don't think anybody regressed career-wise mm-hmm. for me. Stoney Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me tell you something, man. Stoney was on his last leg when this movie started, so you know Bro. what I mean. So it's, it wasn't like you know he ain't have, he ain't had far to go. You, know, if you, if you oh say okay, gosh. he fell off. He ain't had far to fall. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Uh, 
Rain, do you have you do so you don't have anybody who peaked it peaked in on CB4? This no, was their peak. Not really. I mean No, because we got the actual celebrities and they, they live their life, and then you got the folks in the film. I don't I don't think so because shit, Stabby McStabberson was on ER for decades, and then you got mm-hmm. Alan Payne and his run, uh Chris Rock. Yeah, I don't and Candy Alexander, I'm not sure what she was in, but I know for her to pop up in that Shonda everything. Rhimes wow. scandal. Yeah. She was in And, like, I, I think with that run, I think that kind of overshadows whatever she wasn't doing in the 90s. So I don't know. Candy Alexander, if you're single, too, um, <laughs> I'm going to find you. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kiss her. If you're single, please reach out to him. How and, about pl- that? and hopefully <laughs> you still have that cheetah cat suit. Uh, from CB4 yes, sir. and yes, that you sir. can wear and pull your leg up. <laughs> Hopefully you can still pull your leg up to your head like that too because know, right? for, because Yo, I hit she, puberty. She held it for a second too. I was like, oh. hey, I hit puberty off that scene. Alright, man. The best category out of all this is the last one. Who won the movie in your eyes? 12 Kyle. Charlie Murphy, man. <laughs> I mean Gusto, the original Gusto, man. I mean, he's a gangster. He was he was a tough guy. His name got stolen. You know, he he came to reclaim his name. Mm. He he you know, punked literally punked the person that <laughs> took his name. Yo, and you know he wasn't going out like no chump. You know, I mean, got into a shoot. <laughs> Funny thing, getting into a shootout, and then it was like. No, he I, he won't chase me up here. We're going up on the, the Hollywood freeway. And I mean, like, I guess because traffic's at a standstill, you don't ever want to be caught on the Hollywood. I, I was on the Hollywood freeway not long ago, and it mm. it's luckily was no traffic, but I mean, that was probably a rarity. <laughs> only a fool but, um, go up there. <laughs> yeah, only a fool go up there. Don't, don't get on the, on the freeway. <laughs> and like he lit, <laughs> 40 Dog yeah. really didn't get on the freeway. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, for me, man, it, it's, it's Charlie Murphy, man. Charlie Murphy, hands down. Rest in peace. Oh, man. Rain, who won the movie? Um, I wanted to say, Charlie, and I, but because you did, I'm going to give it to uh, Dead Mike. Okay. I'm going to give it to Dead Mike because you did, and you made such a, a great argument, everything I would have said. I think Dead Mike, I think his arc was phenomenal. Um, I think he's one of the people who got out. He gave us the blueprint of someone who we see now. The the whole tip thing is not didn't start off as something to be comical about. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, oh, he had a great even mix of what Hotep is and, and what it was back in the day. But I think his run with movies and even ending up with the He Who Shall Not Be Named, uh Perry Productions, like being on his <laughs> <laughs> after his movie run ending up in that camp, I think regardless of how you feel about Tyler, that is a smart move to mm. end up there. Um, so yeah, I'd have to go with Dead Mike, Alan Payne. Mm. Well, mm-hmm. it looks like I'm just gonna be the one that copies because I gotta go with Charlie Murphy. Mm. It Gusto was this movie does not work without Charlie Murphy being MC Gusto. Mm-hmm. He is probably the he is the link that ties everything together that makes this mm-hmm. whole movie hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yes, you got Chris Rock who's doing his Chris Rock thing. Yeah, you got Alan Payne doing his thing. Um, you got all of these actors doing their thing, but he, for all intents and purposes, he's the villain of the movie, and it's and he's but he's right. Yeah, <laughs> I was just about to say you that. took yeah. it, you took yeah. you took his 
You took his name and got rich off of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Copy my whole it's, style. It's just as much his movie as it is theirs. Because I was yeah. thinking, like, if you flipped it at the end and make him get away, and then they get arrested, like it still, <laughs> for me, would have been satisfying. Right. It, like we we followed him. Yeah. So I agree. I agree. And Charlie Murphy, as an actor, I feel one because we get later on just a bunch of comedic stuff from him mm-hmm. um, in the near future after this role. And I just, I think Charlie Murphy, yeah, rest in peace, one, rest in peace to Charlie Murphy, but right. he made this movie go for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. He's just, <laughs> he was a very powerful force in this film, comedically, physical acting, all of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he, man. He did it. Well, we have just deep dived into CB4. Um, 12, Kyle, let the people know where they can find you. Um, Tell them about your podcast. Let them know about all of that. Oh, definitely, man. First and foremost, again, man, thanks for having me on. Man, this is dope. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Um, You can check out the 12, Kyle podcast. Uh, The podcast drops every Thursday at midnight Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I don't take any weeks off. It, it's it's a podcast that comes out. I, what I talk about is different type of things, man. I, I don't. I really don't do any um, current events, but I talk about uh, life. I'll talk about um, dating, relationships, a lot of music talk, um, sex. Talk about you know growing up in an era where you know before you know the internet or whatever like that. So just funny childhood stories and stuff like that. So I, I like to say about the podcast. If you listen to one, you listen to another one. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my thing. But uh, you catch me on uh, on social media at uh, Twelve Kyle on all platforms. Rain Coleman, you want to push anything? Yeah. P- just pub it. It doesn't matter. You're probably the BYK right. radio. My name is Thirteen B-Y- Kyle. You can check me. <laughs> <home. No. laughs> yeah, man. So you know, carefree blurred, uh, carefree blurred on Twitter, carefree black nerd everywhere else. Um, enjoying being on here. Thank you again, 12 Call, for coming on. Thank oh, you, man, Cole, anytime. for having me again. This is just such a phenomenal series, man. I can't wait for it to get picked up for the season two. And, uh, yeah, yeah, just just hit me up. Carefree Black Nerd, Carefree Blurred. Let's talk our shit. You know, we watch this. Mm. Well, guys, we have gotten to the end of this road. It's just called CB4. Hopefully, you guys, if you can find it, watch it. This is a hilarious movie. This is a great, great, great part of the 90s. Um, it still follows our whole theme of 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 this season, which is the 90s. Um, coming up, we'll have something very interesting that a lot of people may or may not know. A little movie called Love Jones. That'll be the next movie on Ooh. here. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> we we hit. Oh, see? Mm. Now he, he just said, you should have got me back for Love Jones. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I might have to. I might. No, nah, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Brother to the Knights. Hey, man, listen. I'd be the funky, you right. Listen, I might I might just need to sit on that podcast just to listen. Hey. Y'all record it. I don't even need to be on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, yeah, I got, I got yeah. it. We'll, we'll, uh, we're, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a, a wonderful young lady by calamity uh, by the name of Calamity Red. We're gonna get a woman's point of view of Love Jones, which okay. is pro- okay. which is probably going to be amazing. So, which I am, 
I'm very excited for this. And not to, you know, keep throwing out orientations, but a straight nigga, a woman, and a queer dude, man. I'm talking about love Jones. <laughs> Bro, I'm ready, man. I am yeah, ready. Man. So, I, yeah. I, that is one of my favorite movies, period. Mm. Any okay. genre. There you go. There you go. Hey, I'll I'll definitely be tuning in. Thank you. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining. We watch this and make sure if there's a movie that you want to watch, man, hit us up on on Twitter. It's at we watch we watch this. Um, There's no e in the watched, so you'll see it in the in the in the in the bio. So thank you guys, and we'll catch you next week. Radio.